Hello and welcome to Just a Guy and his journey back to God. Today we're in Acts 9. I'm going to start off by just apologizing. I still have a cold, and, but I didn't want to keep missing our, our time. So I wanted to go through this. Let me open up, though, first with a word of prayer. Lord God, thank you for this time and for this day, for all that you've done. Thank you for who you are. You're the, the maker of all. And I just thank you for loving us and caring about us. So today, Lord, as we read, as we go through your verse, your scriptures, your lesson plan for our life, I just pray that we would totally hear from you and not anyone else. That would be your words, your wisdom, your insights that we would hear and that you would be honored and glorified by all that we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So in chapter 9 it's the conversion of Paul of Saul and it really is a critical event and what really stri- strikes home with me on this is how God uses the most unlikely of people there's no other person who hated the church more than Saul he stood there and people put their jackets and their cloaks at his feet as Stephen was being stoned. He wanted to expand his hunting grounds, as Spurgeon says, and and went to the priest to get letters of authorization that he could then persecute the church outside of Jerusalem because the thousands of believers in Jerusalem wasn't big enough for him. He wanted to go to Damascus. And so I just marvel at God. And how he chooses the most unlikely of us to use us. And it reminds me of a song from that's called Nobody in Casting Crowns, where it says he used 12 outsiders nobody would have chosen and changed the world. And that these were, and just not these 12, but people that he uses are the not quites. Right? They're not perfect. They're not quite right. They're not the ideal. They're not the, the wealthy, the quite, the quite rightly educated, whatever it might be. And he uses them. You know, it talks about David bringing a stone to a sword fight, right? And that Moses couldn't, he had a, a stammering or a stuttering problem. I mean, there's lots of issues with everybody that he uses. And what that really highlights is his majesty. And his ability. So for those of us who sit there and think we have to get our lives together before God can use us, we're sorely mistaken because God can use anybody, anytime. The most important thing is the heart. And even the heart may not be the most important thing because he may just choose you, I think, as he did Saul. So with that, let's move on to chapter 9. Verse 1. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? 
Who are you, Lord? Saul, Saul asked. I am Jesus, who you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city, and you will, and you, you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They had heard the sound, but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he, couldn't, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision. Ananias? Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, Go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. <laughs> Ananias is pretty pretty funny. It tells you how much the Christians disliked and distrusted Saul, because he now questions God. He says, Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man, and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call him call on your name as if God didn't know that right but the Lord said to Ananias go this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel I will show him how much he must suffer for my name then Ananias went to the house and entered it placing his hands on Saul he said brother Saul the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he could see again. He got up and was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. That took a lot of courage by Ananias because people hated Saul. He'd killed a lot of people. He was responsible for a lot of evil. And yet now he had been baptized, and the Holy Spirit was filling him. Saul spent, sent, uh, Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. At once he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is Son of God. All those who heard him were astonished and asked, Isn't this the man who raised havoc in Jerusalem among those who call on his name? And hasn't he come here to take them as prisoners to the chief, chief priest? Yet Saul grew more and more powerful and baffled the Jews living in Damascus by proving that Jesus is the Messiah. After many days had gone by, there was a conspiracy among the Jews to kill him. But Saul learned of their plan. Day and night, they kept close watch on the city gates in order to kill him. But his followers took him by night and lowered him in a basket through an opening in the wall. When he came to Jerusalem, he tied, tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him, not believing that he really was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. He told them how Saul... On his journey had seen the Lord, and that the Lord had spoken to him, and now in Damascus he had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. So Saul stayed with them and moved about freely in Jerusalem, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. He talked and debated with the Hellenistic Jews, but they tried to kill him. When the believers learned of this, they took him down to Caesarea and sent him off to Tarsus. Then the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace and was strengthened, living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit. It increased in numbers. So one of the cool things to understand about this is to understand how evil 
Saul was. Because he was no longer persecuting them, the church had peace and was able to grow. That's the impact that he was having when he was persecuting the church. Verse 32, as Peter traveled about the country, he went to the to visit the Lord's people who lived in Lydia. There he found a man named Aeneas, who was paralyzed and had been bedridden for eight years. Aeneas, Peter said to him, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up and roll up your mat. Immediately, Aeneas got up. All those who lived in Lydia, or Lydda, and Sharon saw him and turned to the Lord. In Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha. In Greek, her name is Dorcas. She always was always doing good and helping the poor. About that time, she became sick and died, and her body was washed and placed in an upstairs room. Lydda was near Joppa, so when the disciples heard that Peter was in Lydda, they sent two men to him and urged him, Please come at once. Peter went with them, and when he arrived, he was taken upstairs to the room. All the windows stood ar- widows stood around him, crying and showing him the robes and other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was still with them. Peter sent them out of the room. Then he got down on his knees and prayed. Turning toward the dead woman, he said, Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes, and seeing Peter, she sat up. He took her by the hand and helped her to her feet. Then he called for the believers, especially the widows, and presented her to them alive. This became known all over Joppa, and many people believed in the Lord. Peter stayed in Joppa for some time with a tanner named Simon. So there you have an example of God using misfits or the or people that it just doesn't make sense, right? You have Peter who denied Jesus three times on the, on the night of his need. And now Peter is cruising around Jerusalem and all over the country, healing people, bringing the dead back to life and preaching powerfully. But he had been hiding and cowering in a corner. You have Saul who is persecuting the church and inflicting great harm on it, who is now chosen to be the disciple to the Gentiles and all other nations, including Israel. It's amazing how God will take the not quites and use them for his for his will so with that i'll just close this with a quick prayer father god thank you i'm grateful that as one of those not quites you use me you love me and you care about me the creator of the world cares about me i just pray father for this day that we would bring you glory that i would understand more fully who you are what you want and how I can serve you. I just pray that each and every day we remember to see others as you see them, that we worship you because you are, and that we would continue to do your will. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining me at Just a Guy and his journey back to God. I hope you have a fabulous day.